It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How the Steelers cornerbacks need to approach facing the top receivers next year in the NFL and the linebacker Vince Williams thinks should be a Pittsburgh Steeler. That here and more on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidate that you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn dot com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Happy Monday, everybody, and happy future for the July, because that's what's coming up right next here on the holiday. We will still try to have an episode out for then, but wanted to talk to you all uh, about something I had been kind of kicking around, just looking at numbers, looking at old tape from last year. And I think it's something that shined through at the best and worst parts of the Steelers season last year. And that was how they faced some of the top receivers in the NFL. Now, there were some games that the defense did the doggone thing. They took away Tyreek Hill. He wasn't completely eliminated from the game, but he wasn't crushing them in that game. Devontae Adams, they did completely eliminate him, him from his game. And if you look at how the Steelers played in, in 2022, the, the pass defense in the first half of the season gave up over 200 passing yards in every single game that they played. In the second half of the season, they only did that once, and that was against the Bengals in their 37-30 to 30 loss when they gave up 346 passing yards. That was the second most they gave up all year, only to the Bills with 432 when they got blown out by them in Buffalo. Now, few things ab- about this is – you go back and you look at how the Steelers handled top receivers, and I think you start to see the picture here as far as what went right and what went wrong. And it was a lot of a lot of it came down to how the Steelers approached their coverage packages in trying to confuse quarterbacks to keep them off their top guy and force them to win with their number two, third, and fourth options. Now I'm going to pull up a a stat sheet here, and this is a ranking or the list here. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll explain it to our audio listeners. Uh, But this is a list here of the receivers that got the most yards in in games against the Steelers last year. Now, some of the guys in the top, Guys that absolutely crushed them in some in some of their biggest losses. Gabriel Davis for the Bills. Remember, he had a huge touchdown. Um, he had he caught three of six passes, and those three passes went 171 
yards. Uh, A.J. Brown with his three-touchdown performance. Gabe Earlier was also had two touchdowns. Uh, but A.J. Brown with the Eagles had three touchdowns and 156 yards. T. Higgins in that second Bengals game went off for 148 yards. Jamar Chase got, went, went for 129. He was limited until really the, the, the late part of the second half when the Bengals started to catch on. Um, in the first game, um, but other, but um, I think that that that's one that's one that they were at least able to survive. Nelson Aguilar, if you remember, he had two catches for 110 yards, or no, excuse me, six catches for 110 yards, but he had that deep ball of a touchdown uh, that Akella Witherspoon gave up. And you see a theme here, also Amari Cooper here, seven eleven for 101 yards. Those are the seven receivers that gained 100 re- receiving yards or more against the Steelers last year. And you look back at pretty much. When all of those games came, the first half of the season minus T. Higgins, who got his in the second half of, of the season. Now, I look at these numbers and I see, I see, I see a lot of a lot of big names here. But when you look down the, down the list, there you see you see other names that they were able to, to limit. You look at Mike Evans. You look at. Hunter Renfro, I'm not listed here on screen. Is is again is Devonte Adams, who they were really able to take away in 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 the in the Raiders game when he only we caught only caught two of nine passes for 15 yards. Now you 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 look at this these numbers and you got you got to wonder what goes into just taking a guy away. Is it just Cam Sutton just playing better coverage last year? Is it that part of it was how how well the Steelers uh, cornerback group communicated? to be able to take away the top options. And it's not just doubling them. It's not as simple as that. It's fooling quarterbacks into how you're doubling them and when you're doubling them and trying to, to put those things together. And if you remember, we talked about this about with, with Minka Fitzpatrick and Patrick Peterson talking about their high level of connectivity in what they're going to be able to do. I want to play a clip of Patrick Peterson in the next segment that kind of addresses this a little bit further, but um I think a big part of what has to happen for the Steelers defense, we've talked about the run defense. We've talked about TJ Watt being healthy, but this secondary has to be able to do what it did at the better parts of, of last season in taking away the top receiving option. doesn't have, that doesn't taking away. Doesn't mean do not, you're not letting him get 60, 70, 80 yards sometimes, but don't let them be the big playmaker in the game because when they let that happen, Games got got away from them more times than not. If you go back to Nelson Aguilar's big game, uh, if, if you take away that one touchdown reception he had, the Steelers probably beat the Patriots in that game. Um, now, some of these other games, A.J. Brown, Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs with the Bills, the, those probably were going to be blowouts e- either way. But if the Steelers found a way to limit Amari Cooper in the early part of the year when he had 101 yards and one touchdown, Maybe he doesn't get that chance to kind of to, to be that playmaker. Um, you know, and maybe they and maybe if he doesn't get that chance to be that playmaker, the Steelers actually actually win that game early on and it changes the tone of the early part of the season. And maybe they they make the playoffs. But that was a struggling point that they had all last year. And you look where it came down to sometimes miscommunications or just getting flat out beat. And so the question is. Can this new Steelers cornerback group, because let's face it, Levi Wallace, James Pierre, they're, they're really the, the only holdovers. Um, can they be the ones that handle this better? Now, if we compare Patrick Peterson to Cameron Sutton, according to Pro Football Reference and their website, Stathead, that kind of collects data and, and does all the things, uh, Cameron Sutton did a technically a better job as far as limiting uh, production when the ball 
came his way. Uh, in 15 starts, he was targeted 73 times, allowed 35 completions for 388 yards uh, for four touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Peterson in 17 starts uh, was targeted 89 times, allowed 53 receptions for 696 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, but also Patrick Peterson had five interceptions to Cam Sutton's three. Both, though, had 15 passes defensed. So looking at those numbers, you see Cam Sutton a little bit sharper there, but I wonder how much you can put that on also the situation that Sutton was in. Patrick Peterson wasn't on a defense that had uh, a premier a premier front in front of the, in front of him or a premier safety behind him to help with. Cameron Sutton did, and that's not to slight Cameron Sutton because I said all along that guy's an important piece of the Steelers, and if they let him go, they were going to need a significant piece. And he, him being let go uh, and the Lions signing him to a huge money deal, that's why Patrick Peterson's in Pittsburgh now because they needed a guy who could play that role. But I think that Patrick Peterson can be a guy that kind of leads the spark there of the cornerback group being able to take on some of these number one guys. It's not as simple as people think, oh, you just got to cover them. Oh, you just need a bump and run. Oh, you need to do that. A lot of taking away the top receivers, it's a schematic job. It's it's from top up. It's from the top of the defense to the bottom of the defense, knowing where they are, what they like to do, where they like to motion them, how they try to get them in space, and how to counter that at the right moments. And also, it's up to also as a team effort, the offense, making sure that the, that the opposing offense doesn't get that many chances to figure out what the plan is. Because that honestly was a big part of why Jamar Chase in that first game against the Steelers eventually did start to catch up. On. The Steelers forced five turnovers in that game, and they were able to they were able to kind of to control that game for the longest part. But if you remember the Steelers' offense, lots of threes and three and outs, lots of punts, lots of giving the ball right back, and so the Bengals' offense got many more chances uh, at it, and eventually started to figure out, oh, this is how they're playing us. This is what they prepared to do. Let's adjust to that. And then it would have taken this. It was taking the Steelers some time to adjust back to those adjustments once they were made in the second half because the Bengals are a talented team. And that's the whole thing here is that if you're if the Steelers cornerback room is going to is going to do the job as far as limiting these top or top receivers, it's going to require help from uh, from other guys. But it's going to require these guys fitting into the scheme that Terrell Austin, the Steelers defensive coordinator, has, I think, does a very good job, at least of drawing up. It's going to be about execution and getting guys to fit into that. And I want to talk about how those guys fit into that in the next segment, because the key here is can Patrick Peterson kind of be who Cameron Sutton was? And can Joey Porter Jr. be a much better version than what they got out of Akella Witherspoon last year? And can Levi Wallace hold down the fort for what he was? We'll talk about that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast with a clip from Patrick Peterson in just a minute here on the show. So stick with us. We're going to get right to that. But first, before we do anything else, wanted to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course, is the place that you can go to to find jobs. But if you're an employer, it's also where you can go to find the next next employee employee that that you really need. You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders, and that's where LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post and minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy 
easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visited LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We get back to the point I was talking about with how the Steelers cornerbacks fit these roles. Now, Cam Sutton to the Steelers last year wasn't just their top cornerback. He was a guy that knew where everyone was supposed to be because he's been where everyone's supposed to be. He's a guy that when I noted this when he was coming out of the coming out of the 2017 NFL draft, he played every position in his college at Tennessee. He played he he played as many positions as he could for the Steelers secondary in being flexible. And the Steelers needed a cornerback who was not only talented enough but was smart enough and experienced enough to be able to do similar part parts of their defense. They needed to got to move around. And that's where Patrick Peterson fits it fits in spectacularly. And if you look at at, at, at least having the that him and Levi Wallace, I, I think you get a similar pairing, if maybe not a better, better pairing for what you had last year. But the key for this will be Joey Porter Jr. Where does he fit in this equation? Because the Steelers' third cornerback for most for the early part of the season was Akella Witherspoon and He was giving up some big plays. He got torched by A.J. Brown. Uh, He got torched by Nelson Aguilar. And sometimes it wasn't always his, it wasn't all completely his fault, but he was still part of the problem. And eventually he became, you know, a non-factor for the Steelers. But I look at Akella Witherspoon as a a guy who had potential, but just needed to be in the right situation. But Joey Porter Jr. was drafted to be the right situation, not need to be put in one, but to be a guy who can handle his own. And, in this defense, they're going to ask a lot of him. They're going to ask a lot of communication. They're going to bring a lot of challenges as far as him understanding what to do in different spots and having to switch with things. But Joey Porter Jr., by all accounts, seems to be a very smart football player, a guy who can communicate, a guy who can work at that level. And sure, he needs he needs growing. He needs time to figure things out. Um, and Patrick Peterson needs to help him along. But I think he's a guy that can at least handle the the adjustment period of learning all the things you got to learn once you get to the NFL level and then being part of that system. Terrell Austin, one thing the Steelers do in practices, just like every NFL team does that they but but I think that the Steelers do it in a way that's 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 started to work more than not. Um is, is that when they look at the 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 opponents and they're doing their scout teams and they're saying they're they're isolating, okay, 
the number one guy? Who are we taking away? How are we taking them away? What's our scheme to do so? Are we are we chipping him off the line with a linebacker? Are we throwing a safety that way? Are we keeping a safety over top? Are we having another cornerback come to help? What are we trying to do to confuse things there? And that's where the Steelers are going to need their guys to be flexible in the secondary. And that's something that we've talked about, that maybe they can be flexible. But listen to Patrick Peterson when he was asked about that question and his confidence in the Steelers secondary to be able to pull that off. You've been through a little bit of with these guys. How much versatility is in that secondary? I mean, every guy in the room can play a different position, and that's I believe that's what can make us that much dangerous. Because when quarterback line up, they see guys in different positions. They kind of get like a like a almost uh, almost said a bad word, but <laughs> you kind of get like a, a brain fart into like what that guy's doing. He don't he don't he don't belong there. I didn't see him there on tape, and that kind of give us a dis- uh, an advantage of them not knowing what we're playing because we put so many guys in different positions. And, and so you get the, the the bottom line of what Patrick Peterson's there. He's talking about being able to line up guys in different positions and then have them handle responsibilities that don't automatically just look like it's obvious. Like, it's, for example, instead of just lining up in man, you're lining up at different zones, but you guys are playing different zones and you're lining up showing cover two, but you're really in cover three or you're really in cover one man all those different different possibilities there. And that is the key, I think, in today's NFL defenses as far as confusing quarterbacks. And if you want a masterclass in that, go back and watch the All-22 of what the Steelers were doing to the Bengals in the early part of the Week 1 opener. They were moving guys around. They were confusing people. And eventually you catch on to these things. It doesn't always work. But if you can make it work more often than not, you're going to give your your pass defense a chance to to win more win more often. And again, if you're playing on an, on a team that has an offense that can control the ball and score more points, it's going to give you it's going to give you less time, give your opponent less times to try to crack whatever code you created to try to confuse them that week. And I really think that if it comes down to just the the top three guys that we're talking about here. Levi Wallace being the same guy that, that was that was there from last year, Patrick Peterson being the new guy that's kind of taking over for Cameron Sutton, and Joey Porter Jr. kind of filling in where Akella Witherspoon was supposed to be. I think you're in a better position when you just look at that and how it and how it stacks up. I think Patrick Peterson on a defense that's going to have a TJ Watt and going to have a make of his Patrick. I think that he'll even thrive a bit more than he did uh, when he had his five interceptions for the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings last year. Um, I, I think that when you when you have that on your on your roster all, uh, now that you've added him in free agency, you have Levi Wallace, who was a very good cornerback for the Steelers last year, made some really big plays, and I think that he's still a guy that shouldn't be overlooked as far as getting playing time. But then you add Joey Porter Jr., and the question is, can he just play at a first-round level? He doesn't have to be a super mastermind just yet. He doesn't have to have everything in, in there all the time and be and be your complete shutdown corner. You want him to develop into that, but he doesn't have to be that right away. I think that this is a group that can handle those those duties. Remember, Terrell Austin was the defensive he, uh, Terrell Austin is now the defensive coordinator, but he was the secondary coach. And and one thing I I said for years during the mid to late 2010s when they were still kind of filling figuring out how how they were going to put their secondary together was they did not do enough disguised coverages uh, in in the, in the back end of the defense. But part of that was because they didn't have the guys to do it. Under Terrell Austin, they have the guys to do it. And that's why this, I think that was a big part of the reason that helped the Steelers uh, lead the NFL interceptions la- last year. Um, I think that that is a big part of 
what this group is going to be able to do to make them a serious pass defense threat. Because again, first half of the season, not good. Second half of the season, decent. And sometimes even pretty good. But if you're looking at this at this pass defense for what it, for what it's going to be this upcoming season, they have to take away the number one guys. And the number one guy isn't just about Patrick Peterson. Go get him. It isn't just about Joey Porter Jr. Go get him or Levi Wallace. Go get him. It's about, hey, guys, on, on these different situations, you have to be ready for these adjustments, for balancing off each other, for, for communicating, passing guys off, and, and throwing different things at the quarterback to confuse them. And to do all of those things while still being – uh, being based in your assignment was still being, uh, still still being versed in and knowing what you're supposed to do without getting too confused. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of preparation, and it takes discipline from the guys to be able to pull that off. And that's what I think the Steelers are going to be looking to get from from Joey Porter Jr. this year is that discipline, that that attention to detail that makes it easier for the rest of the secondary to to draw out these disguises, make them happen. Um, and uh, force some more bad passes, or just you know give give yourself some more turnover turnover opportunities. That's what the Steelers secondary has to has to do this upcoming season, and that's going to be uh, a theme that I think that once we start looking at those, you know, how, how they start taking on some of these bigger name wide receivers, that'll be what gets gets uh gets gets us going when we're talking about how much has this secondary improved, how is Joey Porter Jr. Fit, fitting in all those different things we will keep you up to date with here on the locked on Steelers podcast but don't go anywhere I want to talk to you guys about a linebacker we have not mentioned on this show just yet that was proposed as an idea by a former Steelers linebacker himself Vince Williams we'll talk about who he's talking about my thoughts on that player in just a minute here on the locked on Steelers podcast I'm your host Chris Carter stick with us we'll be right back if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We shift topics now to a tweet, actually, by Vince Williams. Uh, Y'all know Vince Williams, a six-round draft pick in 2013, became uh, a Steelers uh, kind of uh, a, a man of Steelers lore with his with his with his really solid play at the inside linebacker position next to guys like Lawrence Timmons and and Ryan Chazier, uh and even Devin Bush towards the end of his career. Uh, but uh, but Vince Williams went and tweeted something interesting uh, Friday morning, and that was, or not, excuse me, not Friday morning, Sunday morning. Um, and in doing so, he retweeted a clip from the USFL championship where the Pittsburgh Maulers had just lost. I think it was the Birmingham Stallions. I'm so down on all my USFL teams. But uh, one of the Pittsburgh Maulers is a former first-round draft pick linebacker, Ruben Foster, who was out of Alabama. And he made a big, huge hit that everyone kind of saw. It was a really big run stuff at the point of attack. 
And a lot of people started to bring up, maybe this guy needs another shot in the NFL. And Vince Williams said, yeah, he's going to end up playing for the other Pittsburgh football team. Now, that's not Vince Williams. You know, maybe that's not Vince Williams knowing exactly what's going to happen there. But I get the allure of Reuben Foster because I was a Reuben Foster uh, draft draft guy when uh, when he came out of the draft in Alabama. And that was even with all the things that came with him. Because if you know about Reuben Foster, you know why he's in the USFL right now. Remember, Reuben Foster, when he was coming out the same year as, as T.J. Watt, some project, some projected him as the as the most talented off ball linebacker of that class, and he was huge for Alabama. He could cover, he could hit in space, he was physical, he was he was nasty, he could make plays in the ball, he could rush the quarterback. He had so many tools about him, and then he started doing all the stuff to mess it up. Um, because at the combine he failed his drug test, and then he got into an argument with. Wow, with the person there that was testing him and then they, he got sent home and then he had multiple arrests after he was after he was drafted in the first round by by the 49ers um and then he went to washington and then he was dealing with other problems then he tore his acl and it was just a long list of just not good things that led to him being out of the nfl and officially statistically officially in statistics he's only started 16 games across two seasons between 2017 and 2018 for the Niners. And that's where I look at, at, at this. And I just, man, I get that there's some people out there and even Vince Williams who I get the allure of a Ruben Foster. If he got a camp invite, I wouldn't be against that idea, but he cannot be the signing that we're talking about here that the Steelers need to make at inside linebacker, because I think a lot of us agree. That's still the biggest weakness on this roster, just on paper right now, because we don't know how Alanda Roberts and Cole Holcomb are going to work together. We don't know uh, what's going to, what's going to happen um, uh, with, uh, with Mark Robinson, with Nick Kwiatkowski, with Tanner Muse. You kind of want another option between your top two starters who you still haven't seen play in your, in your uniform yet. And Ruben Foster could be a tempting camp ad uh, to say, hey, you're coming in. Let's just see. Don't get in trouble. And let's just see what you what you got to add to the table. Um, but I, I think that people would be going too far if they think that a Ruben Foster signing would just be like, the oh, that's it. They don't need another linebacker. Granted, they already have, it seems like, uh, more than a few now. But um they need they need Ruben Foster needs to kind of be a guy who's 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 not going to be expected to do too much because of what his history is because you don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen there and and again if he's if he's cleaned up if he hasn't done if he hasn't gotten in trouble then yeah sure maybe kick the tires and just see what happens as a bringing in a body but I I think that uh um that the more you look at, at the uh um, at this, at the Steelers linebacker opportunities, there's still Deion Jones. There's still, I, I think the like, even trading for an Isaiah Simmons would be a better si- situation than this. If Ruben Foster works out and you bring him in for cheap and it works out for great, awesome, good for you. But I think that that would be a lot of chips to be bargaining on if, if that's going to be um, the the linebacker that Omar Khan thinks is going to save the linebacker room. Um, because uh, I, I just, again, with his past, with everything there, I don't think, and it's, it's even beyond me thinking that it's knowing how the Steelers operate. They don't, they, the, the Steelers don't want that kind of drop a nine times out of 10. And I think that with Ruben Foster and, and just judging based off of the little few things I saw him do in the USFL, he still has a knack to him. He, still, he can still deliver big hits. He can still move in space. 
and that's kind of who they need right now is a guy who can move in space. So, um, you know, it, it makes sense to at least give him a shot to see what happens there if this if the Steelers are so inclined. But I'm warning y'all, do don't get your hopes up for this one just yet because I do think that there's, um, I I I do think that Reuben Foster that a Reuben Foster Steelers alignment there or collaboration wherever you will them, them signing this guy wouldn't be um wouldn't be the the fix that 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 people think he is. Now again, if he works out in camp, awesome, then he's earned it and you'll cross that bridge when you get there. But until you get there, you got to ask those questions. And I think that that's where I'm I'm at with Reuben Foster. Let me know where you're at with Reuben Foster uh here if on on what the Steelers should do with the inside linebacker position. I know we've talked about that a lot, but hey, it is it is now early July. We're only a few weeks from training camp. We'll start picking up our training camp preview stuff as we get closer to that. Uh, but thanks again to everyone who checked out the Longstown Steelers podcast today. I'm going to talk about a list a little bit more with Alan Saunders tomorrow. I want to get his thoughts on this because it was his website that that wrote about this, and I think that it's uh, I think that there's there's some some meat on the bone as far as discussing what pop possibilities there. We'll have that and more on the locked on the locked on Steelers podcast tomorrow. Thanks again for checking us out. Um, here on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. I'm Chris Carter, your host. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Cartiz. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and find me here on the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday. Back tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.